Hi, this is Chris Finch. I'm lead pastor of City Walk Church. I want to thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you don't already know, the best way to stay connected with City Walk Church is with our app. Just go to your device's app store and search City Walk Church to find it. Whether you've been a longtime follower of Jesus or you're just investigating faith, our hope is that this message will help you take your next step in that journey. If you're in the area, we would love to have you come join us in person. For more information or to plan your visit, check us out at citywalkchurch.com or on social media at WeAreCityWalkCA. Hey, City Walk Church. Hope you had a great week this past week. I know everything's so different now. Schedules are different, and you find yourself doing a, a lot of things that uh, you used to not do, and a lot of the things that you used to do, uh, we find that we're not able to do those things. And uh, what's been interesting, probably for some of you, uh, for some of you, you have some things that you're really passionate about and that you enjoy doing, and and you found that, man, it's just been hard to do those, or you're not allowed to go where you need to go to do those things. But probably for some of you, uh, what you've done is you've actually maybe had some time to rediscover some of the things that you like to do or even were passionate about, but in the past were just too busy to do. And so if, if I was to sit down with you at Starbucks, and obviously we're not able to do that right now, but if we were able to sit down and have a cup of coffee together and, and kind of talk about some of those things that you're passionate about and some of the things that I'm passionate about, how would you answer this question? What excites your heart? What would you do even if nobody paid you to do it because you just love to do it. What are you passionate about? That would be a fun discussion to just talk and to hear about some of the things that you're passionate about. And then to be able to ask you, hey, when did you start to be passionate about that? When did you discover that that was important to you? And, and why was that so important to you? For some of you, you're passionate about certain things because of the people that you're close to. It's like maybe the, the little kid that lives in North Carolina and has never been to the Northeast but is a passionate Boston Red Sox fan because he grew up with a dad that's a Boston Red Sox fan. And some of our passions are like that, where we are passionate about certain things and they excite us because, man, we have been close with somebody that was passionate about that and it kind of got handed down to us. In some of the same ways, our walk with Jesus is very similar. In fact, I wrote this in my notes, and this is really the statement I want you to think about this morning. As I follow Jesus, what is on his heart will be on my heart. Just like as I get close to people, what they're passionate about sometimes rubs off on me. Well, as I follow Jesus, as I grow in relationship with him, without even meaning to, what's important to his heart becomes important to my heart. And if you were to read through the New Testament and specifically the Gospels, it would be very easy as you read through the Gospels and the story of Jesus and his life to figure out real quickly what was on the heart of Jesus. One of the writers of the Gospels was a guy by the name of Luke. He was actually a doctor. And he wrote about Jesus. He wrote about Jesus' birth. Uh, he wrote about his ministry. And there's a portion in his uh, writing in, in Luke chapter 4, and we're going to look at a few verses there, where, where he writes about Jesus as he's beginning his public ministry. 
And Jesus, if you don't know much about the Bible or didn't grow up in church, he lived on this earth for about 33 years. And at the age of 30 is when he began his public ministry. And when he began his public ministry, and Luke, as he wrote about it, he tells us about this, things began to move pretty quick when Jesus began it. He, he began to preach. He began to heal people. He began to cast out demons. People started to really lean into his teaching because he taught with an authority that other teachers of his day didn't have. People began to lean in because he showed compassion and care that people that taught and were an authority in that day usually didn't share. And one of the things that's interesting, even that early on in Jesus' ministry, is he began to get some enemies, and early on, people began to try to take his life. Well, after what seems to be in Luke, as he writes in Luke chapter 4, what seems to be one of those really busy days early in his ministry that went into the night and even into the next morning, Luke writes this in Luke chapter 4 verse 42 and and it's in this portion of scripture that we're able to really see what was on the heart of Jesus in Luke chapter 4 verse 42 it says this and when it was day it had, it had been a long night of ministry he departed and went into a desolate place and this was something that Jesus did regularly. Even after a long night of ministry, he got up early and he went to kind of spend some time alone with himself and with his heavenly father. Well, it says this, the people sought him and came to him and would have kept him from leaving. But he said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to other towns as well. For I was sent for this purpose and he was preaching in the synagogues of Judea. Jesus has begun his ministry. Things have been going well. They're moving quick. He's been healing people. People are seeing their lives changed. And, and after a long night of ministry, Jesus gets up early and he spends some time alone with his heavenly father. And the people of the area, they go looking for him and they find him and they, they beg Jesus. Hey, Jesus, we love what you're doing in our area. Man, we really want to keep you around here for a while. And, and Jesus says this. He says, I, I can't do that. He says, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to other towns as well. That word must, the Greek word that, that, that we have as must, is it just simply means this. It is necessary. It is inevitable. This is something I have to do. And, and in this little portion of scripture, we see that the heart of Jesus was for the kingdom of God. The heart of Jesus was for God's kingdom. He says, I must, I have to preach the good news of the kingdom of God. That, that, that phrase, kingdom of God, if you were to read through the New Testament, you would see that phrase used over a hundred times. And you might be sitting there thinking, you know what, I, I didn't grow up in church, or even if you did grow up in church, what, what does it mean, the kingdom of God? What's that mean? It simply means this. God's sovereign activity in the world resulting in people being in right relationship with himself. And Jesus, as he's talking to these people and as he's telling them why he can't stay there, he says, I must go because the kingdom of God, God's kingdom, is at the heart of my very purpose. 
And if you were to continue to read through the Gospels and some of the other writers, you would read some of John's writings, and he would talk about how that kingdom of God is a big kingdom. It's a growing kingdom. It's a kingdom full of people from every tribe, every language, every nation, every people. And what's awesome is God is at work all over the world, and he brought us into a relationship with him to join him in that work. Jesus says, man, I'm about the kingdom of God. That's at my heart. And what's so awesome is that if you're a follower of Jesus, you have been called by God to be involved in his work, just like Jesus was the kingdom of God. And for Jesus, that word must is so important because for him, at the heart of Christ, the involvement in God's kingdom wasn't a maybe and it wasn't a, hey, if, if things work out and I have some extra time, it was, I have to do this. I must be about this. And if, if his life, and we've talked about this over the last few weeks, we've talked about how Jesus' life is to be lived through us. And if, if his life is going to be evidenced in my life, what's on his heart is going to be on my heart. And, and Jesus' highest pursuit was God's kingdom. And I think that's why he tells us in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, he says this. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Because if, if we're truly going to be followers of Jesus and we're going to allow Jesus to live his life through us, what is at his heart is going to be at our heart. And in his heart was God's kingdom. And it wasn't just God's kingdom, but it was that God's kingdom would expand. In verse 43, he says, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to other towns as well. I have to take this news to other places because I want God's kingdom to expand. Fast forward 2,000 years, and we're here today with that same heartbeat, if we're followers of Jesus, to expand God's kingdom here on earth. How do we do that? What does it mean when Jesus says, I must preach to other towns? What does that mean 2,000 years later? Well, there's a, a passage of scripture in Acts chapter 1. Right before Jesus was leaving earth, he kind of gave us a little bit of a format of what it might look like to, to take the good news and to take it and spread it throughout the world. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, he says this, as he's talking to his followers right before he leaves earth, he says, I want you to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, right where they were, and then I want you to go into Judea and Samaria. I want you to start in Jerusalem where you're at, and then I want it to expand into the region. And then he says this, and I also want you to take it to the end of the earth. So how would that relate to us if we were going to be about what was at the heart of Jesus? Well, our Jerusalem would be Yuba and Sutter counties, where about 175,000 people live. Before we moved to this area, I sat down with several pastors in this area and just asked them, hey, what is the spiritual climate of this area? And they told me this. They said, on the best Sunday of the year, 10% of the people are in church. And so out of 175,000 people that maybe on the best Sunday of the year, Easter Sunday, 
there's less than 20,000 people that are in a church that's teaching the scriptures and proclaiming what Jesus proclaimed. And Jesus said, that's my heart. I want to see my kingdom expanded in Yuba and Sutter counties. But then what, what would our Judea, our Samaria, the, the bigger area, for us that would be the western United States. We start in Jerusalem and then we, we take what Jesus' kingdom's about and we, we seek to reach the west the, the western United States where some of the least church cities in the world are right in our own region. But then he says, I want you to take it to the end of the earth. And, and what would that mean for us? I don't know if you know this, but there are 6,700 unreached people groups. 6,700. And what's sad about that is 3,500 of them, there's no one even trying to get there. There's no one even putting a plan together or praying about. There's 3,500 people groups that no one honestly seems to even care enough about to start putting a plan together to reach them. And Jesus, when he was here on earth, he said, I'm about God's kingdom. I want to see God's kingdom expand. It's my purpose. I must do it. At the heart of Jesus was the kingdom of God. And as I follow him, my heart and your heart, if you're a follower of Jesus, will reflect his heart. And what, something that we've done, and I don't know that we've done it on purpose, is we've taken missions and this idea of, of reaching other people, whether it be in, in our area or across the oceans, we've kind of put it into a program called Missions, and it's kind of for a, a certain group of people. And, and Jesus never meant it to be a program. What it should be, it should be something that flows from the overflow of the intimacy we have with Jesus. Because when we're intimate with Jesus, it's not a program. It's just natural that what was on his heart would be on our heart. See, Jesus said, I was sent for this purpose. I was sent to do this. And because God desires a relationship with us, and because he desires to live his purpose through us, if you're watching this, whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, you can have great purpose. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have great purpose. The scriptures say you are the light of the world. Sometimes we, we, we go through life and we think, man, I, I just don't have much to live for. I don't have much of a purpose. And Jesus is saying, hey, my purpose was to expand God's kingdom. And now 2,000 years later, his followers have that same purpose to be about what Jesus was about. And so here's my question for you as we begin to close. Does the life you live reflect the purpose you have? Let me say that again. If our purpose is to be about what Jesus was about, and that is God's kingdom and the expansion of God's kingdom, does the life you live and the life I live reflect the purpose you have? Here, I, I've got a couple props with me. I've got a baseball right here. This is an old baseball that uh, has, has had its day. And uh, if you're a baseball player, you know, man, uh, it's real important if you're going to play baseball that you actually have a baseball. And this ball works really well when it's on a baseball field, it's being used in a baseball game. 
But if you were to take this ball and say, hey, I, I want to go out and I want to play tennis today and I can't find a tennis ball. Oh, but here's a baseball. Let's use the baseball. It, it wouldn't go very well because the purpose of this baseball is to be used and it's used well when it's used on a baseball field. But if you're going to use this in tennis, it's not going to go well because that's what this, this wasn't created to be hit with a racket. Another thing I have here is I have a screwdriver. And you've probably had this happen before where you needed a hammer and you needed to nail something in but you couldn't find a hammer and so you said you, you took a screwdriver and you kind of tried to use it to, to beat the nail in and you find out, you know what, it doesn't work really well. In fact, it, it, it sometimes doesn't work at all because this was not made to be a hammer. But man, when, when you use it in the way it was created for, this thing works really well, but when you use it for a purpose that it wasn't created for, it doesn't work really well. And one of the most beautiful things in the world is when you watch something that was created for a specific purpose be used for that purpose and flourish. One of the saddest things in the world is when you see something or someone that was created for a purpose and they don't use their life for that thing. It's tragic. And so if you're watching this and maybe you're somebody that's not a person of faith, maybe you're skeptical of the whole Jesus thing, but, but at least at this point you're intrigued by maybe the purpose that a relationship with Jesus could bring. If that's you and, and you're watching this, I would encourage you, before you even kind of go past this, would you send us a direct message? Would you send us a direct message in Facebook or Instagram? Because we'd love to have a conversation with you because Jesus brings tremendous purpose. And if you're maybe not a follower of Jesus, but you're intrigued about what it might look like to have a relationship with Jesus and have purpose because of that relationship, we'd love to talk to you. And so send us a DM. But maybe you're here and you say, man, I'm a follower of Jesus and if I'm honest, I've kind of grown cold and even apathetic to what Jesus was about. I don't necessarily have a heart for the nations, and I don't even, if I'm honest, have a real heart for my neighbor. I've kind of grown cold to that. Well, friend, my question for you would be the same question I asked earlier. Is your life reflecting the purpose you have? Because if it isn't, it's like a baseball going out and trying to get hit with a tennis racket, or it's like a screwdriver trying to be used like a hammer. It's frustrating, and it doesn't work, and it's disappointing. And for some of you, that's what you're feeling right now, because you were created for a purpose, and you haven't been living that purpose out. And so I would encourage you, if that's you, and you know who you are, I would encourage you, for some of you, it's, it's time to just confess that to God and say, God, I have not been living for you. I know you created me to be about what you were about, but I haven't been about that. And for you, it's just time maybe to confess that to God. And what the Bible tells us is that his mercies are new every morning. And so we confess it to God, we lean into his word, and then we lean in to community with other people that have the same purpose and that will encourage us in that purpose. Do not isolate yourself during this time because you were created with a purpose and that purpose was at the very heart of why Jesus came if you're his follower and he desires that you be a part of that purpose. And if you're not, you're just going to be frustrated. And we want you to be about what God created you to be about. 
And so if you have it, confess that. Lean into the scriptures and get connected to people that love Jesus and that are walking in purpose. Because the life of a Jesus follower, and we've talked about this for nine weeks now, the life of a Jesus follower reflects the heart of Jesus. And let's not, as I close, let's not waste this season. Instead, let's be about expanding the kingdom of God, even in this season. Because people need hope, they need purpose, and if you're a follower of Jesus, you have what they need. And so let's be like Jesus and be about God's kingdom. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you for just this passage of scripture that just gives us a clear picture of what the heart of Jesus was. And God, I pray for, for those of us that are here and, and we're listening, maybe we're listening and we're a part of City Walk. Maybe we're, we're, we live somewhere else in the country and we're just tuning in this morning. Lord, I pray if, if we're not a follower of you, that, that God, you would draw us into a relationship with you. God, I pray for those that are watching that are your followers and that have grown cold and apathetic to your purpose and your heart. God, I pray that they would confess that to you today. That they would lean into your word and that they would connect with other followers of you so that they could reconnect with your heart. And God, I pray that in this season of, of us not being able to meet together, God, that you would use this season in a powerful way in our city, in our region, and in our world to expand your kingdom because we know that's what you were about. And we want to be about what you were about. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>